This is the BAM School Podcast, where we talk about business adventure and mission with your host, Buddy Rathmel. All right, welcome to the BAM School Podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Carly Snyder. Carly is on staff at YWAM Tyler. Uh, she grew up in the Lancaster area of Pennsylvania and found her way to Tyler, Texas with the YWAM DTS down there and then continued on um, as staff. And when I was talking to her father a couple of weeks ago about the topic of discipleship and um, just mentioning how I loved it when young people were uh, excited about the Lord and also excited about business. And he's like, oh, you should talk to my daughter, Carly. And so a couple of weeks later, here we are. So Carly, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, buddy. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So give us just a little bit of your story. You're actually the uh, youngest guest ever on the Vam School podcast, but you're also our target audience. So I, after talking to your dad, I'm like, yeah, we need to have more young people on. So tell us a little bit of your journey to this point. How did you um, come to the Lord? How did you end up in Tyler, Texas? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm 24. And yeah, like you said, I've been involved in missions with Youth with a Mission, YWAM Tyler, uh, for the last six years now. Um, I grew up, if you talk to my dad, I don't know what part of his story he shared, but I grew up in a loving, supporting Christian family. And, you know, even though we loved the Lord, we're not perfect. And there's still that moment in time where I had to figure out how to make this real for myself and not just go off of what my mom or dad were doing or my community or things like that. And so I think I really had all of the right knowledge per se growing up. I had the Bible stories in my mind. I knew how to be a good person. I knew what was the right thing in different situations in high school and peer pressure and all of that. But I really didn't know how to have a relationship with God for myself. Yeah. Um, and as you know, without that, you're really just lacking a satisfied life because he's the only one that can give that to us. Um, and so I struggled pretty bad with depression um, and anxiety in high school. And I was kind of too ashamed to ask for help hmm. out of that um, because I had it all together. I had yeah. what I needed from the outside looking in. Life was perfect. I was good in school and sports and things like that. But still, in my mind, I would just battle um, you know, with thoughts and insecurities and didn't really yeah. have an outlet to express those things. Um, or at least I didn't think so at the time. Um, and I actually had got a pretty bad concussion my senior year of high school. Um, it was like the first two weeks of school. Um, I hit my head just messing around with my neighbors doing some gymnastic moves. And it really shook me. Um, it took me out of school for over a month completely. I wasn't able to go outside for walks. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't really just do any normal life activities without struggling from intense migraines and nausea and dizziness and all of that. Um, wow. And so after a while of this cycle, I just really began to lose hope rather quickly. Um, it's like, if this is going to be the purpose of my life, you know, just to struggle and to cycle through these things, then what's the point? Um, and it just didn't seem like I was getting better. Um, but actually, that's where God met me. And that's where I heard his voice for the first time um, when I was at what I would consider my low point. I heard him 
reach down to me in my basement and speak, Carly, this is not who I am. This is not my desire for you, but I have good plans and purposes and I want you to know me for who I really am. And from that moment, it changed everything. I wasn't instantly healed, but I heard his voice and I had hope that I didn't have before. And all of a sudden, just a desire to get into the Bible and really discover who this Jesus was that was speaking to me um, on a more intimate level. So I continued to do that all throughout my senior year of high school. And you probably know how it is looking back, trying to find colleges and to pick which direction you want to plant yourself in as an adult. It can be rather stressful and um, schools and different people put so much pressure on you to just have an answer. Um, And I didn't at the time. I thought I wanted to go into physical therapy um, to get my doctorate in that. And I really prioritized my grades and just being successful from a worldly standard. Um, But now I had something else to evaluate and that was what does God really want for me? Um, And so I took probably more time that was comfortable for my parents to make a decision. It was actually the last week um, before decision day when you have to tell colleges, hey, I'm coming to your school or I'm not. And I had a few qualifying options, um, scholarships that I was choosing from, but something just kept coming into my mind about um, missions and taking a gap year and just kind of taking some time to reestablish myself personally um, in God. And we had a family friend that had done a discipleship training school, a DTS with YWAM um, in Tyler, Texas. And my family spent some time living there whenever I was in middle school. And so I was talking to my mom about it and she just recommended I would give her a call and see what it was about. Um, And so we did that. And afterwards I knew this is what I need to do, like even just for five months to set aside time Mm -hmm. um, to really just plant myself in the word and in the Lord and establish a godly community, people that can help spur me on and keep me accountable throughout my life. Um, And so that's what I did. I um, actually put one of my scholarships on hold for a year and went down to Texas and really just fell in love with Jesus and worked through different things in my heart and I thought that I knew God before going to DTS, but I discovered very quickly that I had so much to learn um, in who I was and in who he was and ended up doing another school, a school of evangelism a few months after that. And I've been on staff full time um, here in Texas since 2019, getting to do the same thing that changed my life to come alongside people and disciple them and yeah, just see the nations reached for Jesus. That's awesome. That's really cool. So I want to go back a second. If you, um, you know, if any of our guests are at that place that you were like in 2018 or whatever, where they're struggling with depression, insecurity, looking back now, or as you talk to other people, what kind of advice would you give them if they're in that situation? Oh, mainly just coming into the light. Mm -hmm. I think especially with depression, it's easy Um, to feel like you need to isolate yourself and that's a big tactic of the enemy to take you away from the very thing that can bring healing to your heart and that's first of all Jesus but also he does that through people um, expressing the love that he has and so like I said for me I was really unwilling to share that even with my own family people that I knew well um, because I was ashamed 
and yeah. I didn't think that I should be having to deal with something as deep as that. But I know, especially for this upcoming generation, it's a really common thing. So many people that come through our schools and just friends that I have that are younger, it's a common battle and it's real. Yeah. And so there can be a spectrum where people either just deny it completely and say, get over mental health, it's not real, or they kind of obsess over the self-help things. But yeah. really, we're not adequate in ourselves to heal ourselves. We need a savior. We need Jesus to do that. And so the more we're able to come to terms with that and recognize, oh, wait, I actually need help and to process through some of those things and, um, yeah, just open up our hearts for the Lord to bring healing. Um, it's a good place to start. It's not the same duration of a process for everyone. Um, thankfully, I don't struggle with that in any way anymore. And so I know that there is full redemption that can happen. But yeah, I would say just being willing to talk about it, invite other people into that process with you makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Do you have a favorite verse or quote or something that kind of inspires you, gives you hope, direction, I guess, as you walk through this life with Jesus? Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning. I kind of go back and forth in different seasons, depending on what the Lord is showing me. Um, but one I wanted to share today was from Psalm 68, and it talks about how God puts the lonely in families. Um, and like I said, the tool of isolation is something that the enemy really uses. But no matter the people group, no matter the culture, the generation, the background, whatever, he's after us and after showing us who we really are as sons and daughters. Um, and I think the revelation of that identity in him is really pivotal in just walking out our own Christian faith, but also bringing the kingdom. So, yeah, yeah. no matter who you are, he's after putting you in a secure family unit and that's something that's really lacking also in society yeah. today, broken families. But Yeah. And even I just think the depth of community, you know, like we lived in Thailand for a number of years and had house church and like neighbors across the street that were really close. Like I remember one day going out, talk, I was eating like chips on a plate, just like going out to, I don't know what brought me outside, but I started talking to my neighbor and, um, the conversation like to like say, Hey, do you want some chips would have kind of broken the flow of the conversation. So I just like lifted up the plate and we both just started eating off it while we're having this conversation. And like in the States, like I kind of know my neighbors, but it's like real effort to have any kind of relationship. Um, right. and yeah, I just think, and, and things got obviously got a lot worse community wise with COVID. And so I think, yeah, for us as followers of Christ to be the people who create community to invite people into, I think is a, um, is a huge thing right now to be, you know, to be those people. And obviously, um, the YWAN communities, um, especially really healthy ones are great places, you know, to, to find that, um, community and family. Um, Definitely. Share with me, I saw you had a, a tattoo when you raised your arm. Share with me a story of one or more of your tattoos and how that is, you know, part of your journey. Sure, I'll share. I have a compass, kind of hard to show on the camera, but um, this was something that the Lord really started bringing up during my DTS outreach, actually. Um, so I was going around to different cities in the U.S. and we were trying to reach urban America 
um, mobilizing the church and just serving in any way that we could. And that was during that period of time where I thought, okay, just come in to do this five month thing. And after that, you know, I have my own plans. I'm going to resume to that. Um, but during that time, I really felt challenged by the Lord to continue on. Like I said, with YWAM doing another school, um, the school of evangelism. And there was some conflict in my mind of how that was all going to work. Um, because the timing of that would overlap when college would start. And I felt the Lord asking me, um, what my priorities really were. And if it was college that I was kind of saving that as my own backup plan in case following him and missions didn't really work out. And he asked if I would surrender that idea and to just trust him fully with my future to lead me and guide me. Um, and so this was about, I don't know, probably a two month span where I was just seeing compasses everywhere. Um, in random places where I wouldn't even notice, like I'm driving in a car and all of a sudden look and there's a Jeep passing me with a compass on their back tire and just different moments like that where I knew he was trying to grab my attention and verses about direction and taking steps um, with him. And the thing about a compass is you really don't have any details of what the journey is going to look like other than the direction you're pointed in. Um, yeah. If you have a GPS, you know, next turn 500 feet there's a yeah. cop coming by there's just so yeah. much information that you know um, but in reality walking with the lord we don't have the whole picture we only have a portion of it and so i was really challenged then and even now to just set my course on him and to rely on him every step of the way and that's all i need i wish sometimes i had more of what the journey would look like but at the same time that's part of the adventure and the mystery of following after Jesus. So yeah, I yeah. have a compass on my arm to continue to remind me that it's okay if I don't have the, all the answers or um, the whole thing figured out, but that he does want me to be dependent on him every step of the way and that he will reveal to me. Um, yeah, just what life looks like and every part of that. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I know I, a lot of times I'm like, man, God, it'd be great if you just would send me an email of like all these things that I'm supposed to do the next steps. And it's, right. you're, yeah, it's never like that. And, um, and it never, even when you have a map, like I, I think of in, um, the nineties, I wanted, I had hitchhiked across America once and then I, my family moved to California and I was like, Hey, I'd like to ride a bike from California to Pennsylvania in the next month to go back wow. to college. And my dad was like, um, and I said, Hey, instead of airplane money, cause they were like way out in the Sierra Nevadas, like no jobs. Pizza was only delivered, uh, twice a week. And you had to like order it ahead of time. It would come from like 45 minutes away. So it was like a total, like, yeah, I just was like, I need to go and do something. So my dad said, okay, if you can go and ride a hundred miles, tomorrow on a bike, then we'll buy one and you can ride back. And so I had this map and I started at 5,000 feet and I actually hitchhiked on the back of a logging truck truck up to 8,000 feet. And then I'm like halfway through the ride. I'm like, no, I do not want to do this. I'll just hitchhike again, much easier. And so I had this map, not very detailed. And it looked like if I just like went over this ridge, then I could, you know, hike the 3,000 feet down. And it looked like there was a pit trail the whole way. But I get to the first mountain and I realize, oh no, there's a gully and then another one. And then I get to that one and it's like, there's another one, but now I've gone so far. I'm like, I just got to keep going. 
And then this trail just disappeared before I even got to the top of that mountain. So I was just throwing the bike down the hill and I had to call my parents two flat tires, bent rim. I just pushed it to this little gas station and was like, come pick me up. I'm not going to ride a bike. But I always think of that when it's like, yeah, you think, oh, I just, I'm just going to get on this trail, just ride the bike up this trail and down this trail. I'll be home, you know, late afternoon or something. And it's like, no, that's not how life works. And um, yeah, I think it's great that you have that tattoo to kind of keep you on following on what's most important. And then like Jesus says, he'll take care of of the rest of the things, you know, and um, there's such a hard thing when you're a young person and our, our culture is so powerfully pushing us to like make sure everything is taken care of. And, um, and then a lot of times we miss the most important things actually in that, in that process. So, um, I understand you, you started a coffee roaster. Tell me a little bit about that journey, how you came to that, how it got started. Um, yeah. What were some of the challenges along the way? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I've been a lover of specialty coffee for quite some time now, um, I love the taste of it, of course, but also within the last, you know, four or five years, I've just been really um, drawn by the different brewing methods of making coffee. Um, I'm a learner and I love science and figuring out how things work. And so initially that's what got me interested. I just wanted to know if I do this and this and this, what's going to be produced. And so I just started experimenting um, myself and just how to make coffee. Um, and how I could manipulate the outcome based on the brewing method and the type of coffee and everything like that. So I was just into that myself. Um, a couple of my friends as well, we just really enjoy sampling, tasting all these different coffees. And um, roasting is one of those pieces that plays a pivotal role in the end cup result. Um, the grind, how you brew the coffee, where it comes from, they all play um, a big part in that, but roasting especially um, was just this far off concept to me of, oh, that would be really cool to try someday. But at the same time, you can't just walk up into a coffee shop and say, hey, let me try your roaster out right. and see if I can do it, you know. Um, and so COVID happened. Um, it was April of 2020 and the world started shutting down. And suddenly I had a little bit more time on my hands to do whatever. And so I just started researching, roasting a little bit more. I watched videos online. I read articles and was really just interested for myself um, in learning what that would look like. And I had a conversation with my best friend, Sydney, one day and was like, what if we started roasting? You know, we drink so much coffee. What if we just did it um, for fun to see if we could? And so we ended up buying a little air roaster online for like $200. You could do, I don't know, three ounces at a time, not that much. Um, And so we get it and we plug it in and we're living in a dorm at the time um, on our campus. And so we're just outside. I have my iPad to time this thing out. We order some green beans. The coffee is actually green before it's brown um, when it comes from different countries. And so we get all that together and we just give it a shot. And we were really not sure what we were doing. I mean, we had my YouTube knowledge and articles there, but we were just doing trial and error, basically. And 
um, very quickly we had a love for roasting coffee and we were giving it out to all of our friends and say, Hey, try this out. And it tasted pretty good actually, um, for not knowing what we were doing. And so we just started doing that more and more. And, um, honestly, we weren't planning to start a business. Um, but it just seemed in the moment, like the next step in doing this, because if we're going to continue to grow in this hobby of ours, it's pretty expensive to get more equipment and to, um, prepare it for other people. And we were just like, okay, God, like I said, with the compass, we want to trust him and his voice with leading us in every step of the way. So if we're going to get our feet wet in this, we really want to know if it's worth pursuing or not. Um, and in those first couple weeks of starting out, I was on a walk one day and I felt the Lord say to me, Carly, my dreams for this are much bigger than yours. So I was like, okay, God, don't know what that means fully, but I think you're, you're really guiding us to just start a business and to see what it is that he wants to do with it. Um, and so, yeah, we've been growing over the past few years. We have moved up three different roasters now um, and we started roasting for this coffee shop that is connected to our ministry. Um, people from the public come in all the time and it's just a meeting place really. Um, and we ship it out a little bit and have really made so many connections through just ministry and coffee. Um, and our business is called gather coffee and oh, we cool. really wanted it to expect like to express our heart in that. And like we talked about earlier with families and communities, um, that's God's desire for us. And coffee is just a great tool for anyone and everyone to come together. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, just your background or anything else. The walls kind of come down if you're at a coffee shop and you might have the chance to rub shoulders with someone you would never talk to outside of those walls. Um, so really, we just wanted to create a meeting place for people to feel safe, to be themselves yeah. and to share their stories and do life together. And through that, it has opened up so many doors for us to share the gospel or to encourage other people, um, both here in the U.S., but also overseas as we travel and our leading teams as well for outreaches. Yeah, that's really, really cool. My, um, my, you know, a lot of things came up as you were sharing. Um, one, it's I love just your heart of following the Lord's voice and, you know, how he's taken you on the journey and encouraged you. Uh, my first assistant in Thailand, his name was Bay, and I would always ask like students and staff, like, what's your dreams? What do you want to do? What do you feel like, you know, God is calling you to? And he would always say, I want to have a cafe someday. And so I was always like, all right, that's great. Like you could do it. You could have your own cafe. And one day he's like, okay, I quit. Can I have a loan? I'm starting my cafe. And, um, a year and four months later, he paid me back. And now it's been, I don't know, close to 10 years and he has a really excellent cafe in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand called Bay, Bay's Cafe. But um, <clears throat> the thing that um, you were you said something like, no, you can't really just go to a roaster and say, hey, let me try roasting. But um, I was talking to him about his life because his business has been very successful. But he hasn't. Um, he's very he like and he travels a little bit and does other things involved with his church. But he doesn't make enough money to really like get to the next level. He has staff, but he's just there a lot. And I, I just said to him, like, what makes the most money? And he goes, oh, when I do this, I, he goes, people ask me sometimes to teach them to like 
roast coffee. I don't even know if he did the roasting. I think they did do some sort of roasting. But he would have them, um, he would just have them do pour overs. But they would do something with the beans. And then I don't remember if he had like beans that were at a certain place or whatever. But then they would grind it by hand and they had these little pour over things. And this was in Thailand and people would pay like 30 bucks. And they would walk away with either a little bag of coffee or I think they could choose a little bag of coffee or a t-shirt. And then they could pay more and have both. But he was like, yeah, if I just did this... I could do this once a day and I make more than I would for my cafe running it all day. And in my mind, I'm like, why don't you just do this then? But when you said, oh yeah, you can't just really, you know, I was thinking you could get some of that little equipment, create an Airbnb experience. I don't know how, do people come to Tyler, Texas? Is that like a, a place that people travel to or how big's the population? You know, I don't know off the top of my head. It definitely doesn't seem like a travel destination. Yeah. Um, but we're not that far from Dallas, about an hour and a half east of there. Yeah. Um, and also an hour from Shreveport. So we're kind of in the middle. We get a lot of people that are just stopping through from different states, road trips, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, Tyler is its own little community, but... Yeah, it's a people that just came just to come. <laughs> right. It's 107,000. So I think you would definitely have enough people. If you ever wanted to do something like that, we could talk about it offline. Because, um, yeah, it was something that was like, if what you're talking about, about developing community and like coffee and all these things. Like if you had a gathering place like that where people could do it, I think it would be an experience that people really enjoyed. Um, all right, not getting off of like experiences around coffee. How do you feel as you've gone through life? How do you feel like God typically tends to use you in the lives of others? It's a good question. Um, I think one of my greatest goals to walk out every day would just be being available to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. And I mean, we all have our own personalities and can impact people in different ways. But um, like we talked about earlier, he just knows us and he wants us to operate as a son or a daughter. And so I've really been trying to ask him to teach me how to just be intentional um, to come near to people where they are, just like Jesus would. Um, I think of the story of Zacchaeus and how interested he was in just checking out Jesus. But at the same time, he was distancing himself. He couldn't see. He felt insecure, whatever. Um, but God noticed him and he said, hey, I want to come to your house and I want to learn what you do and everything like that. And it changed his life. Um, and so obviously, as a believer, that's my goal to just be mindful of where people are if I'm at the grocery store or if I'm at Target or whatever, not just when I have a ministry switch per se of, oh, now I'm discipling someone. So I got to, you know, have some word of wisdom for them, but just to be um, an encouragement to the people around me. I think that is one of my biggest strong suits and just pursuing with intentionality Um that was Jesus's whole goal in making disciples. He wasn't really too concerned with what his reputation was or the opinions of other people, but he wanted to multiply himself in the people around him and bring the kingdom. Um, and so, yeah, I think just 
trying to grow every day and what that looks like to walk with him, but then also being intentional to share that with people around me. And, um, you know, sometimes you go to nations that are closed or that really reject the gospel, but you don't need to always use words to show people what that looks like. Um, and so, yeah, I think just being creative to say, okay, God, you know, this person that's in front of me, how do you want to reach them right now? And responding in whatever way that looks like that can be meeting a practical need. It can be just a smile, a kind word. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I would say is an area that he loves to use me. And and that's not a specific thing, but it's just being available to the person in front of you. Yeah. No, I think that's really great. I think that's one of the ways, like the Bible talks about giving a cup, you know, doing something even as small as giving a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. And I think in today's world, like we don't need water. Everyone, you know, we're not walking on the streets where we were at the mercy of others for water. But um, attention is something that everyone kind of needs. Like we're all focused on ourselves. So if you you know, in my mind, I just kind of try to switch that to go, okay, as I'm checking out of the store, as I run into a stranger, you know, what are the, what are the ways that I can just offer them love by being there, by being present, you know, by being available. Um, as you look to the future, what are some of the, you know, the dreams that you feel like God has placed on your heart that you're pursuing after, um, is there any any of those kind of things? I know you've got the true north going on, but are there any um, kind of mile markers along the way that you are uh, moving towards? Uh, yeah, I would say there's a couple. Um, right now, like I mentioned, I work with our training programs here at YWAM Tyler, um, and I really have found such a passion and a gifting to do that. It can be a lot to walk alongside people in such an intentional way um, as our programs are. It's five months of basically 24 seven life on life stuff, but I really come alive in those settings and have had opportunities to lead different trips and different schools and programs. And so, I don't know, I love developing leaders and to find other giftings and talents in people and call them out and to help establish and grow them in other people. Um, And so I think continuing to walk in a place where I can do that more, um, whether that's through these programs or just through my own relationships coming alongside people and championing them on and um, just being disciples together. um, That is some of my goals for the ministry side of things. Um, With coffee, um, we really would love to come to a place I I do gather with my best friend, Sydney, um, and we'd really love to come to a place where we're able to support other people in missions. Um, it's business as missions is something that was non-conventional. It was looked down upon, you know, if you want to be a successful minister, you have to be a pastor, you have to be in ministry full time or whatever. And I really don't think that's the case. Um, I think it's just intentionally living and including Jesus in whatever you're doing because there's people in need of the gospel in every sphere of society. And so we are seeing more expressions of that popping up. Um, And so we'd love to use that one as a way to minister to people, but also to just support people that do want to come and to be trained and to grow in the Lord. It's not always as easy for people from third world countries or even just low income families in America to just set aside five months 
of no income or whatever else to just focus on the Lord, even if they have that desire. So we'd love to be able to come alongside people and give them an opportunity to do that. Um, and who knows, maybe we've talked about going into some closed nations, the area known as the coffee belt, where most of the coffee is grown across the world is the same as the 1040 window, which is where a lot of unreached people groups are. Um, and so just using that too, as a way to establish ourselves in those nations and meet people that might not otherwise have an opportunity to hear the gospel. Yeah, that's so awesome. I think, uh, yeah, I've, I have a number of friends that are doing something. Yeah, actually a lot of friends that are doing something with coffee in the 1040 window in different places, whether it's cafes or roasting or experiences. Um, and yeah, what a, what a great tool it can be. I mean, it can be a great tool and you can get, you know, it can go the other way too, where you're so wrapped up in the business that, um, like people forget about the point of why they started this venture, you know, and that's a lot of what I like a lot of my passion and desire is to help people have a business that they can run in about 20 hours a week that really gives them the freedom and time to be actively involved in making disciples, not just something that they give lip service to and whether it's around the world or here in America, um, like kind of combating the, like the more, more and pushing and go, okay, let's do something. Let's do it excellently and well with systems and processes so that, um, it doesn't take over our whole life and um yeah we can be very intentional about our outreach and our communities or whatever those things are that god has placed individually on our hearts and how he leads us day to day and i find like i'm i kind of am that like personality too where i'm like okay god like whatever you want to do today like i'm 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 here like you know i after this i'm i just as i said that i'm i'm going to a meeting like 15 minutes away and it's like, okay, maybe there'll be an accident on the way or maybe the guy I'm meeting with needs something. Like I want to be available and open to those. But I find when I get really busy or crazy, then I'm not thinking about like, okay, what are the needs around me? I'm thinking about like, how do I get done what I need to get done? You know? Well, um, Carly, so fun to hear your story and see God at work in your life and um, even how he led you to to YWAM and then to coffee. And, um, I'm excited to two or three years from now to hear, uh, how God has directed in your life and how he's guided you. We'll need to do uh, an update podcast at some point in the future. But if someone would like your coffee, um, tell us the, your Instagram handle and how people can reach out to you and get that. Yeah, for sure. Um, our Instagram is at underscore gather coffee underscore. Um, we, like you said, it's hard to focus your attention on all the things. So we, uh, we could use some work on the Instagram, but you're definitely able to come and check it out and DM us or something. And we'd love to ship out coffee and give you a chance to try it, get your hands on it. We have a few different kinds depending on the season. So just let us know what you're interested in and we'd love to send you some and um, it directly supports all of our mission stuff too. Um, we also have an email, um, gathercoffee.etx at gmail.com. And so, yeah, whether you're interested in purchasing some coffee or just learning a little bit more about who we are and what it supports, 
We'd love to ship some out and get connected with you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the BAM School podcast and uh, wonderful to hear your story. Thank you, buddy. BAM School, facilitating a global self-funding disciple-making movement through business. Thanks for tuning in to the BAM School podcast. Find show notes, free courses, resources, and more at forbam.com.